Welcome into Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts with CPA and Personal Financial Specialist, Phil Putney. Now let's get rolling with today's show. Hey everybody, welcome into this edition of Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts with myself and Phil Putney. What's going on, my friend? How you doing? I am doing great. You're always great. It's fantastic. Hey, it's always a good day. There it's, you go. Depends on how you look at it. I'm, I'm always that half glass full type of guy. So. Okay. All right. They're always the positive side of something. You'll figure it out. Optimist. Nothing wrong with that. Well, listen, <laughs> you're going to need some of that optimism for this week because we're going to talk yeah. about uh, we're going to talk about estate planning gone wrong. And so, really, uh, this is actually going to kind of fall into a situation that you've just had not too long ago. Going to share yeah. some information. We'll, we'll change some things to protect the innocent and all that good kind of stuff. And we definitely want to preface it by saying that it's very important to work with a team sometimes when it comes to uh, your financial plan. Sometimes it's more than just an advisor. It's also an advisor and a, maybe an elder law attorney, a state planning attorney, uh, yeah. CPA, which of course Phil is a CPA and a personal financial specialist. So, you know, having um, some synergy, I guess, Phil, might have prevented some of this stuff that we're going to talk about. Absolutely. Yeah. In my case, it definitely would have helped um, having more than one person involved in, in a knowledge base a little bit bigger. So okay. let's put it that way. <laughs> All right. So what, let's so, just jump right in. So estate sure. planning. Uh, so basically kind of give us the breakdown. You, you basically came across a client who wound up having a lot more issues than they anticipated because a, a trust wasn't done correctly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let, let's, let me, let me preface as we get into this. Number one, I am not an attorney. We're not giving legal advice on this show. Exactly. Absolutely. Seek the advice of an attorney before you uh, take any uh, legal action in estate planning. And, and estate planning is something that we help clients with. We don't do, I'm not an attorney. I can't draft the documents. Um, but let's, I but guess, start with, with I, I am very involved with all our clients in that aspect. We want to, and we want to be involved in it. So we work with the estate planning attorney can't even make recommendations if you don't have one. Um, but what is really an estate plan? Because that's where, you know, a lot of people get confused of, well, do I really need one? Okay. And I mean, kind of generally what people think of with an estate plan is going to have maybe four different documents and you're going to have the will. I mean, that's important. You want that, mm -hmm. um, that, tells everyone where things go, you know, that they don't have some kind of titling or beneficiary. Every state has what's called the laws of intestate. That means this is what happens. And, and usually it kind of follows bloodline and goes to relatives is, is pretty consistent. Okay. Um, your durable power of attorney, you'll want that. That's for financial. And that simply gives somebody the authority to act on your behalf financially to execute legal documents, finances, things like that in the event you can't, and in that document, it'll lay out what the stipulations are. And usually, you know, it's got to be verified by two doctors or something of that nature before that authority passes to somebody else. So that's important too. You want that in an estate plan for sure. To me, probably one of the most important is going to be your, your medical power of attorney. Um, and that's the one that, that gives the authority to, again, another person to act in your behalf for medical decisions in the event that you can't, you know, and give that authority to the person so they can make that decision for you if that's what you want. Um, so those are key. You have to have those in place, you know, and then a medical directive is, is another one too, that does gets more into that. Do I want to be put on life support, things like that. Okay. Um, so those definitely have, have in a, uh, um, an estate plan. The big question now is really the trust. Where does that fit? Do you need it? 
you know, and that's where I think a lot of people go too far and they really don't need a trust. There's a lot of folks who also think that a trust is only for folks that are very wealthy. Uh, and that's not always yes. the case. So there's scenarios where lots of people can use a trust. Yeah. So trust to me really comes down to having control of those assets beyond the grave, so to speak. So when you passed, if you want to have some stipulations and some control on the assets, that is the perfect place for a trust. Okay. Avoiding probate is, is definitely a result of a trust. I mean, it'll, it does a very good job at that. But if that is the only thing you're trying to do, it may not be the right choice. Okay. Um, and that actually kind of leads into this scenario with a client that I just have worked with. Their father had passed away five years ago um, as they were aging, went and had a, a full estate plan done, including a trust put in place. Um, only one beneficiary was a son. You know, it definitely wasn't anything about wanting to, to maintain control and only give them assets over time. It trust says, when I'm gone, liquidate the trust and give it to the son. You right. know, so it had nothing to do with that. Their whole concept was avoiding probate. So in this client scenario, though, the, the assets that they owned were IRA type assets. There's some annuities. There's a non-qualified, like a brokerage account and some real estate. So let's kind of walk through those and did they really need the trust? So okay. IRAs, retirement accounts, um, really don't need a trust. You know, those aren't going to uh, be going through probate anyways, because those pass according to what's called a beneficiary designation. You in the document say, if I die, this is who gets the money. Yeah. So never makes it to probate. And it doesn't matter what your will said. If you want Johnny it, to get it, but the, the BD says Susie gets it, Susie gets it. Right. And, and that's something outside of estate planning, very important to understand. And there's all sorts of case law behind this that, you know, there's maybe been somebody with a second marriage or that kind of a scenario where even though they're remarried and, you know, now the, the new wife and, and whatever gets certain assets, they forgot to change the beneficiary designation on the company 401k plan and it's going to the ex-spouse. Yep. If that is what that document says and you've passed, so be it. Yep. There, there is no changing it because that document overrules everything. So, yeah, so with IRAs, beneficiary designations, 401ks, any company type plan, same thing. Um, annuities, life insurance works exactly the same way. It's based on a beneficiary designation. So avoiding probate, you really don't need it. Non-qualified money brokerage accounts um, could work there, um, but you can avoid the trust with what's called a, a transfer on death order or a TOD, sometimes they call it. Um, which acts kind of like a beneficiary on that kind of form or on that kind of an account, I mean, where in the event you pass, then it gives the direction that this is who gets the money. So it's going to avoid probate. So then the big one is real estate. And in Michigan, at least, we have something called a ladybird deed. And again, not trying to give legal advice, definitely talk to an attorney to see if this fits in your scenario. But how that works is almost like a beneficiary designation where you haven't deeded the home to your child at that point or children. But it says in there, if you pass, if it's a joint home, that this is who gets it. So it almost acts like a beneficiary designation. <clears throat> that part of it doesn't come into play until you both have passed. In this scenario, there was really no need for a trust. Problem with the trust in his, in his scenario was the tax side of it. And that's where, unfortunately, a lot of attorneys don't truly understand the tax aspects of how the trust works and, and what happens down the road. Um, 
and in this case, it was really more related to the annuities were the biggest asset in the trust that the problem um, was caused in, but IRAs can be the same thing. Okay. Where the trust was named as beneficiary, not the, not the son. So now the trust effectively has to take all the money out immediately, or it could take it over five years is the maximum. But it cannot stretch it. And they just recently changed rules around this where in this case, the father had passed in, in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was under the old rules where had the son been named, the son could have actually moved it into a stretch annuity, non-qualified annuity and stretched it out over their lifetime. Right. And minimize that tax over the next, in their case, 25 years right. of life expectancy. But because, and that Versus, changed for 2020, which. For 2020, it's now 10 years. Right. But still it comes down to, did you need the trust? You know? Yeah. But for, for this client, it caused a pretty significant tax problem because now the trust is in place. It's the beneficiary. So we either liquidate everything, pay a lot of tax this year, or we keep the trust open for five years so we can spread that out at least over five years. Not as good as 25, but at least right. as something. You know, So had he been working with a CPA that had been involved or a financial advisor that understood taxes that could have been involved and worked with that attorney to said, yeah, you, you probably don't want to name the beneficiary the trust for this reason. Right. You know, and so, then you could have kind of given that, that feedback to an attorney and said, this may be right. the best way to go. And you guys could have had that conversation as to why they felt the trust was needed versus the CPA or the tax side. And sure. now this, you know, this situation, this person now has to basically use a CPA for multiple years as well right. for something they may not have needed to begin with. Yeah, so now they're, they're based, if they want to spread the tax, they're locked into this trust, a whole separate tax return to 1041 for the trust for the next five years. Yeah. So that's the additional cost to them to maintain this entity for five more years. Would the simpler fix have been to just name the individual, in this case, the son, and not, yep. even, I guess you said, not even deal with any of that? Right. So in, in this specific client scenario, personally, if they had asked me, I wouldn't have recommended a trust. There was no need for one. Um, it added a layer of complexity to his scenario that really wasn't needed. And, and again, not to downplay attorneys or badmouth them. They're, you know, you need it. a lot of them have packages of, Hey, this is our estate plan and it includes a trust. And, you know, you're telling them, yeah, I want to avoid probate. So that's kind of their first thought okay. is let's put the trust in place. Cause it does that. It absolutely did it. Right. But understanding more specifically deeper, what are the assets and are there, is there another option? For this client, there was another option, meaning we could have had all those assets avoid probate without the trust. You know, and that's another thing just in general to understand is, okay, yeah, I'd like to put some strings, so to speak, and control the assets once I passed. That's great. You can do that in a trust and, you know, whatever you want to dream up, you can put in that trust. You know, understand though that for that to happen, the trust has to stay in play and there's tax returns and there's a trustee that depending on who it is, might need to be paid. So there's fees and costs associated with maintaining a trust long-term too. Yeah. And so it's in this situation, and again, a lot of times when you're working with a financial professional or a CPA who also can work in conjunction with other, you know, uh, attorneys or elder law attorneys and estate planning attorneys, you know, it might've been an easy fix to have said, hey, you know what, let's, let's ask, you know, attorney, you know, A, what they think about this or, or maybe attorney A saying, you know what, I think maybe the trust is where you want to go, but let's bounce that off of a, a CPA 
or a financial specialist so we can kind of find out, does that make sense for some of your other pieces? So again, it's a kind right. of a synergy thing. It's a team. Yep, absolutely. And I mean, that being said too, we talked about this tax law change that recently happened. If you've had estate planning done in the past, now is the time to review it because everything's changed. Yeah. You know, so you want to, you want to understand under the new law with no longer having the stretch, you know, does, do I need to make some, some updates or changes to my estate plan? So. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. So sometimes, you know, these things can inevitably go wrong. Uh, it doesn't necessarily, it, there's no bad intentions. There was nothing that was purposely done. It's just not understanding all the little different aspects right. and how one piece can affect another and so on and so forth. So again, working with getting a team together on your side when it comes to financial planning, uh, retirement planning, uh, all of that has kind of a synergy to it. So we'll wrap it up right there this week on the podcast and say, but if you need some help, if you need to talk with somebody about how to do some estate planning or some legacy planning or some financial planning, reach out to Phil. Uh, if you don't have some of those avenues you know, already available to you, he can certainly make some suggestions uh, or can also just work with those folks that you already have in play. So give him a call at 248-888-7530. That's 248-888-7530. It's already on the screen for those folks watching. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple, Google, Spotify, YouTube as well. Uh, go hit the uh, the thumbs up button there on YouTube, and that way you get notifications for the new uh, videos as they come out. We do different topics every uh, couple of weeks. So check all those out. Find it all at philstaxhacks.com. That's philstaxhacks.com. Anything else that we uh, didn't cover this week, Phil? To me, it's a team, right? Having that team together and make sure that don't just – rely on one. If you've got the, the synergy of a, a financial advisor and the attorney, CPA, if the, the financial advisor or attorney doesn't have a tax background, yeah. to understand the tax side of everything too. So There you go. If you've been missing your sports analogies, all those sports are starting to come back. You need a quarterback yeah. that can coach the team or maybe just a coach right. that can coach the team. Yep. So and that, that's, that's where your financial advisor comes that's in. That's where your financial advisor comes in. Yep, exactly. And of course, one that's a CPA and a personal financial specialist like, like Phil, you're kind of getting two birds with one stone there. So we'll see you next time here on the podcast, folks. Stay safe and sane, and we'll catch you later here on Phil's Tax Hacks and other retirement facts. Investment advisory services offered through AFS Wealth Management. The content of this program is provided for informational purposes only and is not a solicitation or recommendation of any investment strategy. Investments and or investment strategies involve risk, including the possible loss of principal. There is no assurance that any investment strategy will achieve its objectives.